Welcome to the Baseline Feed Podcast. This is our 10th episode this season, and all of your support has been amazing. We must thank you for all your continued support. Are you a writer or voice actor looking for a place to show off what you're capable of? We could work with you. We have open submissions for season three for your short story. Send in your story to submissions at baselinefeed.com or send a voice demo at casting at baselinefeed.com. If you're not ready with a demo tape, feel free to contact us and we can help you with a simple audition. Also, you can check out our website at baselinefeed.com for more information. Today in this unique episode, we'll hear and see how a pack of wolves work together to survive yet another day. In this story by Darren Pitar, we'll hear the voices of C.M. Peters, J. Philip Morris, Tanner Wood, Tori Miller, and Eric Phones. Please enjoy The Hunters. They crouched in the grass, spaced apart, ready to spring the trap. In silence, as low as they could manage, they crawled forward downwind from their quarry. Chosen for its youth and inexperience, yet large enough to feed the pack for several days. Why are we waiting? Because Sonya is leading this hunt. Something the young wolf knew and Kira should not have had to repeat. We're wasting time. We could have killed it by now. We'll lose this animal if we linger. Let the old man have his moment. If he doesn't move soon, then I will. Although head of the family, when hunting deer, Kira deferred to his uncle Sanja's experience and the elder's knowledge of the traditional routes the deer traveled, the best places to wait and hide for them. The herd had arrived, as uncle had predicted, despite the growls of impatience from his younger brother, Rurik, his russet coat visible through the grass. Together they waited for Uncle's signal, their gaze flickering between where he crouched, hidden in the long grass, and their quarry grazing on the outskirts of the herd. The mob of deer drifted, leaving the youngster even more isolated. Surely now Uncle would move. All Kira's experience had told him that Rurik had a point. In a few moments, their chance would be lost. He didn't want to undermine the old fellow's remaining pride, but if Uncle didn't move, then he would. Two days of fruitless hunting had passed and the need for food was urgent. His pack's survival depended on this kill. At that moment, Uncle Sanja lifted his chest, fixed his gaze on the deer. His nephews mimicked his stance and then they were off, racing toward the deer, fast as the wind, streaking through long grass, aware of their quarry's frozen stance and the herd's imminent flight. In the midst of the mad rush, a fourth hunter joined them, streaking in from the grassland in front of their quarry, leaping to fix its jaws on the hind's neck, adding its weight to the kill. It was hard and fast and bloody, but they did it, bringing down their prey. Their combined weight on its limbs pulled it to the ground, and as the animal fell, the stranger's teeth sliced its neck to end its fear and its life. Astonished at the audacity of the intruder, the three wolves stood over the kill, gasping from the speed of the chase, their hackles raised, teeth bared at the newcomer. My kill! My kill! I've been shadowing this herd for two days! I need food! Kira stepped closer and saw the late arrival was a thin she-wolf, trembling with fear but standing her ground over the head of the kill. 
She was brave and foolhardy to challenge them. Three against one, they could kill her as quickly as she had executed the deer. Where's your pack? Why are you hunting alone? Carrier quickly scanned the area, looking for any support she may have that could attack and take their kill. No sign of movement in the grass, betraying hidden stalkers. The balance of the herd had stopped their panic flight well away from their slaughter, and now turned to stare, knowing that the sacrifice of one of their number guaranteed their safety, at least for a while. The she-wolf crouched, acknowledging his authority, but not totally submissive. I hurt my back and leg when thrown by bison. We were hunting its calf. The pack had to move on without me, and for days I rested, and I have been trailing this herd since I recovered. I am hungry. She won't eat much. I think she should be allowed to eat. I will decide this matter. She is a swift runner. She could benefit us. You may feed, then leave. Tired and triumphant, the hunters rested with the carcass. They fed on the warm organs, discarded the gut, and then discussed the long trek home. It would take them the rest of the day and most of the next. Overnight, they would need to take turns to guard their catch from dogs, lynx, and most of all, bears. Should a bear smell the blood, then their efforts would be wasted because their combined cunning would not prevent a bear from stealing their prize. I could help. With four of us, two can carry while two rest. It'll make the journey quicker. She rolled over in submission, her gaze flickering between Kira and Rurik. A wolf alone is not what I want to be. Perhaps this couldn't work. Rurik needs a mate, and if he has breeding on his mind, he might stop challenging me. It will be up to the rest of the pack when you arrive, but I'll accept your offer. Do you have a name? Maya. I have killed, but I have not mated. With that, the she-wolf rose, bowed her head to Kira, and stood by the deer's hind leg, ready to haul her share of the load. It was awkward until they worked out that with one on a hind leg and another on a foreleg, they could carry the kill strung between them, while the other two rested their jaws and traveled alongside, all the time keeping watch for opportunities. This way, they progressed at a good trot by dusk and had crested a rise that gave them a wide vista. They rested on the high ground, checking the land for competitors, wild boar and foxes. Anything with a keen nose could be following their bloody trail. Since the long burning fire at the man-made structure three generations ago, people had left these forests and grasslands. The standing fire had burned for many moons, never progressing from the structure, yet men with machines float in and out. All the people left the buildings they used to sleep in. Animals crept in to take their place. Vermin, dogs, and cats now filled the empty spaces, but were not healthy. The stories of their deformities passed down through the pack, and although the hunting would be easy, the kill could spread the illness they carried. Peace settled once the air machines stopped their incessant buzzing. Like huge insects, they'd filled the sky with noise, the ancestor said. Man's presence finally ceased, leaving behind abandoned machines and empty constructions. 
The creatures once fed by man now lived on rodents and each other. Many animals resumed their ancient ways and resettled their homelands. The chance of living improved when men with killing sticks no longer stalked the woods. The fires burned for many seasons. Ash coated the ground and fouled the rivers, according to Uncle's stories. Even now, when the wind blew from the west, a wolf could taste death, sharp and bitter on the tongue. Hmm. Do we trust the she-wolf enough to, uh, let her share the watch tonight? She has offered. No. She might chew off a portion and leave us. She can sleep and rest. Uncle padded away to relay his decision, and Kira mused on the unexpected benefit they attributed to the fire. They could now talk to each other in silence. This seemed to be improving with each generation. Was it a result of the ash and fire, or had man's absence allowed them to hear each other's thoughts? But life wasn't all good. With man gone, something else stalked the land. An unseen illness that withered some and ignored others. Like the ghostly spirits of the ancient souls, it spread among all living things. An unseen enemy is hard to vanquish. Kira's mind roamed away from the invisible illness and instead considered today's good fortune. A successful hunt and a young she-wolf who might solve a problem. His family would feed well on today's effort. He settled on the highest rock, taking the first watch of the night, hoping their luck would hold. An owl hooted in a nearby stand of spruce, then swept silently across the dusk, a black outline against the pale indigo sky. Another silent killer on the prowl. Rurik's warning yip woke him in the morning. At the bottom of the hill, a good distance away, but closing, a brown bear trundled toward them. Its nose close to the ground, it followed the flattened grass trail in the dawn light. There was only one solution. The trick had worked before, but it required speed and bravery. The head! We must chew off the head! Why sacrifice the head? Why not a bit of leg? Because I say so. The neck would be quicker to sever than a leg bone. Rurik must know this. Hurry. You must be fast. He rested and Rurik ripped and chewed, then Sandra took a turn. Together with speed and savagery, they severed the spine and detached the head. As Kira moved to take it, Uncle Sandra growled, snapping his disapproval. No! You are the leader! This is my responsibility! My privilege to perform! The old wolf clamped his jaws on the stump and set off, head high carrying the load. It skimmed the ground as he trotted down the trail toward the bear. It was a dangerous move to allow the bear to get close enough to think what Sanja held was all that remained of the kill. Uncle must appear reluctant to leave his prize, yet quick enough to escape the bear's claws and not become part of its meal. Kira hoped the head would stop the bear and entice him to eat while Uncle ran away. There wasn't much time to show how close Sanja ventured before he dropped his prize. They had to move from the area as quickly as possible. Kira and Rurik hauled the remainder of the carcass in the opposite direction to Sanja's sacrificial path. 
If they reached the stream, they could hide their scent trail by floating the kill downstream. It might make their journey longer, but it would save their bounty. Panting, exhausted, jaws and limbs aching, they reached the stream and dragged their prize into the water. It sped away from them, swept by the current, and as Rurik and Kira chased it, the she-wolf streaked through the trees on the riverbank and disappeared, only to reappear with a flying leap to land in the stream ahead of the kill. She grabbed a leg and held it firm until the others caught up. They swam against the fast-flowing water until they reached the far bank. Here again, it tried to slip from their reach. It needed the three of them to haul it from the river's grasp. They rested, wet, cold, and anxious, their gaze searching the horizon for Sanja's silhouette, but he didn't appear. We must move on. We should wait a bit longer. Uncle might yet come. He knows the way to the den. We have to go. This food is needed. Concern for Galena, his mate, raised Kira's heartbeat and he stood and grabbed a leg. Rurik, with a grunt of disapproval, shook his ruddy fur and grabbed a hind leg. Together they trotted on, the carcass stretched between them. No time to mourn, uncle. They turned their back on the past and looked only forward. Two miles further, they paused and rested. The she-wolf, Maya, moved in and stood by the leg that Rurik had dropped and waited to take her turn. Knowing his authority would soon be challenged, Kira licked his younger brother's muzzle and gave a deep-throated hum of appreciation. Kira understood his brother's inborn need to question all decisions, but a challenge for leadership from Rurik would certainly end with one of them injured, and he loved his littermate too much to kill him. An injured lone wolf would find hunting hard work as the she-wolf had discovered. The pack's strength lay in being a family unit. These thoughts tumbled through Kira's mind as they again dragged their prize homeward. By mid-afternoon, they were in sight of the escarpment where, safe in the maze of caves, his family waited. The aunties spied them and ran forward, their yodels of welcome bounced off the stone cliffs expressing excitement and news. Around and behind them bounded last year's remaining pups, now juveniles learning to hunt by chasing voles and mice. There were awkward moments as the aunties circled the stranger and snapped at her heels. Stop! This one has been of great benefit. She's under my protection. Chastised, the aunties took overhauling the load and Kira left them, bounding home regardless of his tired limbs, urgency driving him forward to see his mate. In a side cave, on a bed of dried grass and tufts of bison hair, his mate rested. Between her legs snuggled small balls of pups, merely hours old. Six this time, a good litter number. The meat wouldn't reach Galena's milk and feed his children. It had all been worth it. He caressed her head and lay beside her, pouring loving thoughts over her exhausted body, praising her for her hours of labor. Such a beautiful mate. Her coat sleek, her eyes the color of the sky. He licked her nose so fine and proud. Her strong legs often raced him across their territory. 
When she ran, her magnificent tail feathered and waved like the pompous heads on the plains. After a moon cycle, she would be running beside him again, hunting while the aunties looked after the pups. He dozed beside her, contentment swamping his body until a disturbance outside pulled him to his feet. Barks of aggression signaled trouble. He bounded outside to sort out the problem. The aunties had the stranger on the ground and were biting her paws, pulling her fur, and nipping her ears. Stop! Didn't I say she was under my protection? The aunts turned and slunk away to sit side by side on the lookout rock disowning their bad behavior of earlier moments. Even they were beginning to challenge him. This had to be resolved. In the morning, this female named Maya will meet with Galena. If she approves, then we shall decide whether she stays or goes. Until then, she is to be left alone. Understand? The pack one after the other, lay down facing him, acknowledging his order. Even the aunts obliged, though each avoided holding his gaze. That's better. Shortly we shall feast. Until then, I ask for silence. I would like her to stay. She may not wish to, after the auntie's attack. I will protect her. The she-wolf rose and leaned against Rorik's flank, head low, but her gaze locked on Kira's. He lowered his head in acknowledgement of her unspoken wish. A decision seemed to have been made by the pair, but a formal acceptance was still required. She would strengthen the pack. He hoped Galena would approve. Good food, warmth, and good company would soon shine the she-wolf's coat and put meat on her small frame. Her speed was incredible and would add to their hunting skills. Loud howls broke his request for peace, and as he turned to discipline the aunts, he saw the reason for their noise. Sanja's silver coat caught the settling sun as he ambled homeward toward the plain below. He'd made it after all. Kira appeared. Uncle seemed to be traveling well without injury. A valued member of the pack, he'd fooled the bear. He would thank him later for his bravery. Leaving the welcome to the others, he tore a piece of prime meat from the carcass and carried it to Galena. He woke her gently for her meal and groomed his new children while she ate. They all looked perfect, no sign of deformities. The ache in his heart eased. A sense of peace soaked into his bones and for the first time in days he relaxed. Perhaps this year he could protect his children from the random killer that stalked the land silent and unseen. Perhaps this time they would rear all of their litter. For two days they would feast and rest before resuming their constant struggle to thrive. Once again, a big thank you to Darren Pitar for this great story. We hope to work with her again in the future. Let's also highlight our voice talent. CM Peters as Maya, J. Philip Morris as Sanja, Tanner Wood as Rurik, Tori Miller as Kira, and Eric Phones as the narrator. Production, musical arrangements, and episode artwork by CM Peters. Remember that writers can send short story ideas to submissions at BaselineFeed.com for submissions that are open until the end of April for Season 3. Details on our website. 
Remember also that voice actors can send a demo to casting at baselinefeed.com or simply send a request for an audition. We'll do what we can to help you on your journey to voice acting. Check out our Patreon for early access to all episodes and some special editions coming down the line. Or you can sign up just to support the show. Also, I can't say enough good things about our Discord community. We've got a wacky collection of minds who are more than willing to help you write your story, share tips and tricks about voice acting and sound setups. We have movie nights and even game nights. Come join us for some behind-the-scenes experiences. Check back every other Saturday for a new episode of Baseline Feed.